this week on the series premiere of Axes, Armor, and Amulets podcast. Join us as our group of nerdy adults gather around a virtual table and play make-believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the series premiere of Axes, Armor, and Amulets podcast. It's been, uh, <laughs> it's been, uh, quite, quite the experience and journey in getting us here, but I think we're all pretty, uh, pretty excited to be here, pretty excited to be a part of this little adventure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> all right. So, for those of you who have not, uh, gone to our YouTube page or our, our website to look who we are and what we're doing. My name is Quentin Smart. I am your host, and I will be the DM for this campaign. Uh, we have Daisy, please. Daisy, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Daisy, and my character's name is Pansy. She is a changeling ranger who presents as a what else? And she is kind of a daddy's girl and is about to go on a big adventure and learn a lot more about herself than she knows. <laughs> Shake, why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? All right, I'm Shake. Um, my character's name is Og. He is a bugbear fighter, kind of playing it by ear a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's a new race, new class. for Well, not a new class, but it's a new race for me. So, um, he's sort of the, um, gung-ho, angry, squash them, ask questions later kind of guy, I guess. Awesome. That's pretty much <clears throat> it. Right on. Catherine, please introduce yourself. All right, I am Catherine. Um, super busy, but also super excited to be a part of this. Uh, my character's name is Emma, and she is a half-orc cleric with a side of barbarian, um, then we'll leave it at that for now. Maria, please. Hello, I am Maria. I play Rhea Braveheart, who is a Leonin cleric. Her claws might be worse than her bite. And last but certainly not least, Kyle, please uh, end our introductions for us. How fair ye. I am Kyle. I will be playing KLT the Lost, but he would tell you just call him Cal. He is a goblin bard, and uh, I think that you will find that while his he might be one race, he is not necessarily what you might think from just from looking at him. All right. Well, we're super excited to uh, be here, finally launching this podcast and this, this series premiere. It's been a conversation piece for a long, long time, and uh, I think the best way to do this introduction or, or this first episode is to just jump right into it. The first person in this group of misfits to grab our attention is the bugbear known as Og. Og is an imposing figure at seven foot tall. He has yellow eyes and a very goblin-esque face with a goatee of black hair on his chin. He wears a necklace of what looks like teeth or bones and has the demeanor of a seasoned warrior. Our camera zooms into Og's eyes as the yellow turns to sand 
and we hear the roar of a coliseum. Ladies and gentlemen, yells a figure off the screen. Today, challenging the champion Roa Fourfingers is the washed-up Og. A mix of cheers and boos can be heard, indifference in the bugbear's name. Roha immediately goes on the offensive, pushing Og further and further onto the back foot, quickly showing the experience, uh, experience difference between Og and the so-called champion. Ha 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 ha! Is this the best you can do, little bear? Roa says as the battered Og lunges desperately, his plan already falling apart. That desperate lunge, however, connects ever so slightly against Roa's skin. Almost immediately, Roa pales and sways, his balance taking an immediate turn for the worse. The Colosseum begins to grow quiet as Roha falls face first into the dirt. In the silence, our camera moves to the balcony seats as we see an exchanging of a sack of gold. Well, my, Mr. Spurlock, I didn't take you for a fan of Og. I am not. However, his usefulness to some friends of mine has made this bribe worthwhile. The camera zooms out of Og's eyes and moves past him to a gray-skinned half-orc at just over six feet tall. Emma's most defining feature outside of her race is her incredibly long black hair that has been braided and still sits at her knees. She is marred by three identical scars on her face from some sort of claw. As our camera looks at this scarred half-orc's face, the scars begin to open and fester, as if fresh and untreated. The facial features also soften, growing softer, softer as her face turns from one of rest to one of anger. Please, child, let me help you, a man says, kneeling about ten feet away from this angry and scared half-orc child who growls at him in response. That wound on your face, if you do not let me heal it, could kill you. She lets out a growling scream. As a montage of days turn to night, and night to day, over and over, we see the same man and the same child in the same place. The man is cooking over a fire which now seems more permanent, permanent than it has any right to be out here in the forest. It has been over a week, young one. You need food and healing. The wound now blistered and infected. The child barely able to keep her eyes open as her stomach betrays her anger and a loud bubbling can be heard. I am not sure what half-orcs normally eat, but I have some stale bread and a stew. He sets a cup and bread next to the fire for her. The lust in the child's eyes for food overcomes her anger as she finally and slowly moves to the fire and begins to eat with the old man. In a flash, we are back to the misfits as they continue to Nightstone. Behind her, a lioness moving proudly and calmly in the group. She also stands near six feet tall and is considerably armored. Her piercing green eyes stand apart from her tan fur, purpose and determination drawn all over her face. 
As she blinks, the world grows dark, and we hear the screaming of men, women, and children alike. Her eyes snap open just as we hear the words, Ronria! All around her is laughter. Humans, dwarves, elves, and even a few half-orcs are all around her. They sit strewn about this camp, surrounding fire pits. Rhea looks around to check her surroundings as she gives her head a shake before adjusting and laying back down. As she closes her weary and frightened eyes, she blinks again and we see her as she is now, proud and calm. Walking on this dirt road, a wood elf stands beside her. Her tan skin and brown hair skirt her face as if she was more akin to being in a pageant than on the road with adventurers. She lets out a small laugh as someone off-screen says something, her smile extending to her eyes. Then a crash of lightning as we find ourselves in a rainstorm. We hear the splashing of someone running through puddles down a cobblestone road in Waterdeep. A hooded figure in dark clothes appears from out of an alleyway, clutching a bundle of cloth. The figure approaches a door labeled Orphanarium. As the figure lays the bundle down, we see a small snow-white arm reach out of the bundle. Shh can be heard as the figure bangs on the door. This figure takes one more look at the bundle on the, on the cold porch and whips around quickly, running as fast as they came. The figure turns down an alleyway, and we see the hood drop down on a changeling, face and eyes white as the fresh snow on a winter's day. A small tear trickles down her face as that face begins to turn into a sun-kissed tan. And in front of us, Pansy once again reaches down to shake the hand of another creature. Our camera pans down to this last figure in this group of misfits. Kalti is an oddity, even among goblins. Unlike the typical savage goblin with big eyes and a large forehead, he could almost be confused for an elf. If an elf was two foot two inches and green as leaves in the midsummer, he has long pointed ears and a soft nose with eyes full of hope and wanderlust. His almost skipping steps create a melody that soon fades into panting and the trotting of animals through the forest. Faster and faster they run as branches, bushes, and deadfall make way for the beasts as the trees, strong and tall, cover the midnight sky. Suddenly, a beautiful clearing with a pool of water appears, and above them open to the starlit sky as the wolves stop their run. The lead wolf pants audibly as he has something clutched in his teeth, and from the pool of water emerges an elven woman, graceful, beautiful, the embodiment of nature itself. What do you have for me, Renfirg? The wolf lets out not a yip or a bark, but something akin to it, as it slowly drops the bundle onto the grass below. The elf walks over to the bundle. Oh my, she trails off as she reaches down. Her fair and lithe hand is greeted by a much smaller green hand as it 
connects with hers. What do you have there, Koara? Another feminine voice asks. A child, my love. My ancestors have brought us a child. The elf begins to hum a tune that we can still hear as our camera focuses back on Kalti as he skips alongside these wandering souls onto Nightstone. That oh. was awesome. I oh my god. To see where this goes. <laughs> we are such a band of misfits. It's so great. Such a band of misfits. <laughs> As you guys were, it's awesome. As you guys were sending me your characters, I was like, "These, no one belongs here." <laughs> but Can we call ourselves traveling merchants. <laughs> traveling merchants. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Uh, you guys did give me some really good material to work with, though. <laughs> it's, it's cool how it all blends together, and we're all like awesome. too. So. Yeah, especially already, huh? I I love how you tied all all the stuff together. <laughs> already, some of you are already yeah, intertwined yeah. and don't even know it. <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> so let's see. Uh, oh, that's right. We just got done with the the, the cutscenes. After following the trail for several miles, you hear the ringing of a bell. The sound grows louder as Nightstone comes into view. A river flows around the settlement, forming a moat. The village itself is contained within a wooden palisade, beyond which you see a windmill, a tall steeple, and the high-pitched rooftops of several other buildings. Apart from the ringing of the bell, you detect no other activity on the walls of the village. The trail ends before a lowered drawbridge that spans the moat. Beyond the drawbridge, two stone watchtowers flank an open gap in the palisade walls. South of the village and surrounded by the river moat is a cone-shaped flat-topped hill on which stands a stone keep enclosed by a wooden wall. The keep which overlooks the village has partially collapsed. A wooden bridge that once connected the keep to the village has also partially been destroyed. Is that an alarm bell, or is it like telling time? It it uh, it looks like it's coming of of the end of the day. I mean, it's it's pretty late now. You guys uh. We're coming upon evening as you guys headed north and you walked another three miles. I mean, we're talking almost dark. So one might say uh, dinner time? Mm, dinner sounds good. Hungry. So are you guys just going to head into town? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, I'm going to find the most jolly looking tavern. As you guys go walking across the drawbridge... You notice that the watchtowers and which obvi and what obviously looks like a guard post is unmanned. Okay, that's odd. <laughs> Pansy, with her history in City Watch, is going to point out the towers and say, "Those should be manned. Be on your guard." 
Og's gonna raise his shield and draw his rapier and say, we must be cautious. Do you guys walk in to the town? Uh, Kelty will uh, kind of nervously play with one of his earrings and uh, take a step towards the town. Okay. Is everyone else headed in? Yes. Yep. Yeah? As you guys walk past the two stone watchtowers, you guys are immediately drawn to noise that is taking place to your left, about 25, 30 feet away, where you see four goblins come stumbling out of what appears to be a temple loaded with all of the shiny things they can find. And they look at you as you look at them. That's not nice. Put it back. Ah! We got shooters! Ah! Roll for initiative. Woohoo! It's going to be a 15 for Tracy. A 16 for Rhea. 19 for Og. 20 for Pansy. 5 for Emma. Good old cleric speed. All right. Okay. One more time, please. Uh, 15 Uh, for Kelly. 16 for Rhea. 19 for Og and 20 for Pansy. And five for Emma. So, uh, first order of business, Pansy, you're up. Pansy is going to yell, drop what does not belong to you. Well, he can't act when it's not his turn. Damn. Well, I'm going to shoot him anyway. (laughs) Okay. Does an 11 hit? Uh, no. Well, then I miss with my longbow. Okay. Next up is Og. Does it cost an action to do a perception check to see if I recognize these goblins? Uh, not at all. Go ahead and roll. I am not very perceptive. I got a 15 for perception. Would Og ever actually pay much attention to any goblins? Not particularly. I would say with a 15, like, they look like goblins, and they might be recognizable, but they're just goblins. They all look alike, Og. All right, so Og's going to move up 30 feet and approach one of them and um, swing his rapier at one. Do it. Um... Hold, please. I didn't have anything equipped. (laughs) Good old Og, forgetting all his equipment. (coughs) All right. I got a 13 to hit. 13 hits. He's going to take four damage. And he dies. 
Like I said, mash them and ask questions later. <laughs> uh, Goblin 1 is, uh, well, I guess going to attack Og with his scimitar uh, since you walked right up right up to see what was going on. Uh, I'm assuming a 6 misses. Yes, a 6 misses. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, Rhea. Rhea is going to take out her Warhammer, run up to Goblin 1, and attack. Okay. Does a 22 hit? Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> These are goblins. These are goblins. <laughs> AC of 13. Uh, eight points. And he dies. You, you literally squish him with your warhammer. As... As a bonus action, I would like to use my War Priest, where I get to attack again. Leave one for me, would ya? Uh, as a War Cleric, you get to attack an extra time with a bonus action? Yes, you yes. do. Oh, snaps. Do it. So I will attack Goblin 2. <laughs> Uh, oh. oh my gosh! You're coming out swinging! Holy crap! Okay, yeah. Uh, roll double your dice. Holy. Said. Oh, oh, stop! Don't roll! Don't roll! Don't roll! Remember, the podcast rule for crits is you get your max die and you roll again. Remember, so, oh, because okay. your Warhammer, which is a D8, so it'll be D8 plus, what's your strength modifier, plus two or plus? My strength modifier is a plus two. Okay, so for your attack with your Warhammer, it's going to be a D8 plus two, so ten plus one D8. So it would be D8 plus 10? Yes. All right. Oh, uh, my God. Okay. The other one, you, like, you like crushed him. This one, you turn around and hit him so hard, like, on the head that you literally, like, he just kind of, like, blah, and he's just got, like, blood and guts everywhere. Like, there's nothing left. And Emma is growling. Uh, uh, Kaliti is going to nervously play with that earring and uh, <laughs> look at these three goblins that our party just annihilated with no trouble at all. He's very nervous. That made him very nervous. Pansy's gonna <laughs> go. I told you to drop it. There are any more of them? I want to smash. There, there is, there is one left. Uh, it's Kelty first, and then it's Emma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, looking around at this crazy bloodshed that just occurred and, um, very easily he's going to go ahead and cast 
hideous laughter. And uh, he's going to, uh, um, so it, it's, a, it's a wisdom save for tw- of 12. Hey, you want to know what my wisdom save is with a goblin? Very low, I would presume. Very low. Negative. 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 Yes. Negative. Uh, what it? What is the the save I gotta make? Twelve, I, I think you said. I rolled. I rolled a thirteen, and it's a minus. It's a minus two, so an eleven. Okay. Um, he's going to strum his lute and tell a very body body broady broady that's it a story that uh, is meant to be comedic <laughs> okay and what what happens to my last remaining goblet uh, he would like just fall over uh, he they uh, wisdom save or fall. They fall prone, become incapacitated, and are unable to stand up for the duration, which is uh, up to uh, one minute. Oh no! And they're laughing. Uh, Emma, it's your turn, and the last goblin is on the ground, helpless. I believe. Laughing hysterically. Oh, he's prone. So no, you just get advantage on the attack. It's not an auto crit. Woo! Whew. He's gonna sigh. Look at the group. You guys okay if I kill this one? Khaleesi's gonna go, you're just gonna kill him when he's laying on the ground? <laughs> yes, he stole from a temple. I mean, there's that. You but could we just could... kick him out of the city. Question him. Stuff back. Or that would be an option as well. Uh, I hate conscience. Uh, hey, hey, Kelty, how, how loud do you think you're playing your music? Uh, loud enough for you to be able to hear it at, uh, you said we were 35 feet away? Yeah. So 35 feet away? Perfect. Um, <clears throat> Emma, what are what are you going to do with this goblin? Are you just going to... Can I just walk over and pick it up? Okay. Stare it in the face. You walk over and you, I, I'm assuming you just grab this little thing by the throat, lift him up so you can stare at him? Yeah. And as... He's still laughing. Yeah, he's still laughing in your face. Quite rudely, I might add. Uh, Yeah. You guys see four more goblins come stumbling out of what appears to be the tavern. And obviously they have been helping themselves to the the tavern's uh, bountiful gallons of booze. Can I throw the goblin and pull it at them? Uh, sure. Okay. Yes. Improvise. What, what shall I roll for that? I, I guess that would be a, a... Use your decks, I guess? Roll the d20 and let's see what happens. Right. Oh my 19. gosh. What the heck? All right, I will Let's go. I will say, um, uh, roll a roll a d six. Three. Uh, you throw this goblin at those other three that obviously have been helping themselves to the tavern's drink, and you do three points of non-lethal damage, 
and there are now four goblins laying on the ground in front of the tavern. Nice shot. She rolled a 19, by the way. What are we going to do with these goblins now? Was the tavern towards Pansy? Because she did not uh, approach. It was, it was further to the, what is that, the east. So it's from where you are, if you did not approach, it's probably about 60 feet away from you. Is it Pansy's turn? Uh, you guys are out of combat. So if you're ah. out of combat, uh, Kaliki would uh, just kind of call over to them. Uh, friends, mayhaps it is time for you to uh, travel on your way. He's going to smile. Arr. Away. Uh, Og is gonna wipe his uh, rapier off on his uh, pant leg and look over at Raya and say, I like your style. <laughs> uh, Thank wa- you. Was Kalti talking to the goblins that were knocked unconscious with three points of non lethal damage? Uh, he was. <laughs> I guess he, he didn't recognize that they were unconscious. Oh, yeah, they're, now. they're, uh, you, you talk to them as you go, like, start walking over there, and they're, they're, they're out for the long haul. Okay. Is jail mm-hmm. in this place? Is there anyone in the temple that should be? Are you going to go in there and check things out? Yes, Pansy's going to go and make sure that nobody was harmed in this robbery. All right, you walk into the temple. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Rhea would like to pick up the stuff on the ground to return it to the temple. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Tell Emma would like out. to secure the four, the four or three. How many unconscious goblins do we have right there now? There are four of them. Yeah, I would like to secure the four of them. With what? Tie them up. I'm sure I have rope. An adventurer's pack. There should be rope in there. Okay. So you're going to tie them up while everyone else goes to the temple. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. As you walk into the temple, you notice that this wooden temple is dedicated to both Lathander and Maliki. It has a slender steeple containing a large bronze bell that, as you know, is ringing constantly. It also has stained glass windows depicting images of birth, the dawning sun, trees, and unicorns. There are no bodies in this temple, and there are no priests. Those four goblins were all that were in here. Pansy's going to bow her head towards the semblance of Maliki. As I assume there is one. Yep. Yes, there is. And as is her face. Uh, she's going to, you know, just bow her head briefly in, in the searching of this temple and uh, help the others put the things back, uh, I'm assuming, on the altar. Okay. So, so just to verify, Kelty. Pansy, Rhea, and Og 
all went into the temple? Yes. Yes. I would probably stand outside of the temple um, with my sword and shield um, ready just in case if there was any other um, things. <laughs> okay. As you are standing out there, kind of keeping an eye on what sounds like keeping an eye on Emma as she goes to tie up those four goblins. The door to the east, about 40 feet of Emma, opens up, and you see five goblins. And they look at you as you're tying up their boys, and they say, Hey, look! One of them half-orcs is tying up our boys! Let's get her! Ugh, this place is infested. So with that, I need everyone to roll me another initiative. Pansy oh. rolled a 22. Whoop, whoop. Five Raya, again. Raya rolled a 13. Kalee rolled a 17. I got a 9. He's probably looking at, like, the lizards on the patio of the uh, temple or something. <laughs> Emma got a 5. Again. Again. Raya, what did you get? Uh, 13. Og, what did you get again? I got a 9. He's not really paying attention. Oops. So much for for being a lookout. (laughs) Trappiest lookout ever. Okay. Uh, first order of business, Pansy, you're first. I need you to roll a perception check. Of course you do. <laughs> Are you going to see butterflies, Pansy? Oh, I, I I, hope not, because for once I'm proficient in this. So <laughs> Let's see if the curse <laughs> remains. Oh, oh, oh. For those I of you... For those of you who are not uh, on our Discord and are not listening to our Thursday Giant Slayer campaigns, um, Daisy is notorious for rolling awful with perception just all the time. And we don't really know why. With all my characters. All of them. Yeah, because Rose is proficient with perception. And she's, and with her having a high wisdom, she's got like a plus eight. And yeah, still can't see a dang thing. I was going to say, and I don't think I've ever seen you roll above a ten perception with Rose. Nope, it's usually a one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. Oh, wild. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> Pansy, with a seventeen, uh, not only do you hear uh, the ringing above you from the church as the, the steeple is, you know, got the the bell just ringing all over the place. You also hear to the, I believe it's the northwest of where you're standing, you see another door. And you hear, (laughs) That was creepy, but I'm going for it. 
All right, you're going to go up the door? Yes. All right, you open the door? Mm-hmm. You see two goblins swinging on a knotted rope that extends up into the steeple where the bell is ringing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can I grab the rope in an attempt to stop it? <laughs> no, you open the door. And you see those goblins, and they see you. And I've got to roll initiative for two more goblins now. All right. Uh, so, I'm sorry, you said you wanted to try and grab the rope? Y- yes. <laughs> uh, make me a strength check? Check or save? Check. Let me just roll my... D20 minus one, four. (laughs) Uh, You go to grab the rope, and they both, like, swat your hand away as both of them that are still swinging on the rope draw their scimitar. And it's it's Kelty's turn now. Kelty is going to draw his rapier and his dagger and run up to aid the uh, fight with these two goblins. Alright, you're running up. You're gonna do some some stabby stabbing? That's right. I'm gonna roll the rapier first. Okay. A ten. In most situations that would miss. However, uh, they are denied their deck save because they're on the rope. <laughs> Perfect. And then I'm going to roll my uh, dagger strike. Okay. That's going to be a 19. Yep, that's going to hit too. Weapon, but whatever. Okay, I'll roll damage for Rapier first. That's okay. going to be 10 damage on him. Uh, that one dies. Okay, well then there's no point in me rolling the dagger damage because I... Would have been striking the same person. Next time, uh, you know, if you want to do an attack on two different creatures, uh, let's do roll damage and then roll damage. My question there is, because I'm not yet proficient in dual wielding, am I able to attack two different creatures with uh, just two weapon fighting, like just the base two weapon fighting? I thought you weren't. Uh, So... The, the two-weapon fighting, as long as you have that option, states if you attack as an action, you can bonus action attack again. It doesn't specify that it has to be the same target. Okay. I, did, I thought that dual wielding lets you attack two different targets, but two-weapon two fighting only lets you fight with or attack one. I, so I, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, the feat dual wielding, is that what you're talking about? No, just the regular two-weapon two fighting that everybody gets if they're holding two weapons. Not any feat, not any class, but, you know, bonus. Like, you don't add the modifier to the damage. That's one of the negatives as well, of just regular old two-weapon fighting. Action and attack with a light melee weapon that you're holding in one hand. You can use a bonus action to attack with a different light melee weapon that you're holding in the other hand. Yeah. You don't 
your ability modifier to the damage of the bonus yeah. attack, and the modifier is negative. So it does not specify that it has to be the same target. So if you attack with one, you know, with your rapier, you can attack a different creature with your dagger. It does not have okay. to be the same target. Okay, cool. And I will definitely do that next time. Okay. Um, I don't do it very often, so. No worries. All right, next up in initiative is uh, Vark, who you stabbed and killed. Vark is dead. Oh, no. Not Vark. Sorry, Vark. At least it's not Steve. It was not Steve. <laughs> if any of these albums are named Steve, I will be upset. But that's no, okay. they're not named Steve. Okay, good. Uh, this one is named um, Goblin One. Okay, so this goblin, instead of pulling out a scimitar, is going to pull out a short bow, and she's going to take a shot at Emma for a a total of nine. Uh, A nine. A nine? Yeah, I think that misses. That that, that misses. Can you uh, consult your character sheet real fast just to make sure? Uh, Yeah, that misses. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Uh, all right, next up is Goblin 2. I think Goblin 2 is also going to pull out his short bow and take a shot uh, for for an 8. Uh, does an 8 hit? No, an 8 does not hit. Okay, well, that's that's his turn. And Emma's just staring at them angrily. <clears throat> all right, uh, Rhea, I believe you're up. Uh, may I make a perception check to see if I hear the fight going on outside? Over the sound of a church bell ringing directly above you? Yes. You can roll. You're going to need to roll very, very high. Uh, I rolled a five. <clears throat> that is not very, very high. <laughs> uh, you hear the ringing of a church bell as you see uh, Pansy trying to grab something in another room and Calty run in there and stab something. Uh, first, I put the items that I picked up from the goblins I... Brutally murdered on the altar. Okay. Then I will go into the room where everyone else is. Okay. There is another goblin swinging on the rope. How far away is he from me? If you walk into the room, he's it's happening literally right in front of you. I would like to use my daunting roar. Which does. As a bonus action... Once per short rest, creatures of your choice within 10 feet of you that can hear you must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become frightened of you until the end of your next turn. So I would like to roar, and as I'm roaring, say the words, Get down now! What, what's the DC? The DC is a, is a 12. Uh, so he passes, and he laughs at you. <laughs> you funny! <laughs> As he's ring ding, ring ding, ring ding. Can I reach him with my warhammer? Yeah. Then I say, then you'll like my friend, and I try to hit him with my warhammer. Uh, twenty-three. That's gonna hit. That'll be six points of bludgeoning damage. You hit him for six points of damage, and he doesn't look good, but he's still alive. Ring, ding, ring, ding. Is he still holding on to the rope? Sure is. Og, you're up. All right. Og, uh, hearing all the commotion uh, in the temple, is going to come in. You're going to leave Emma outside by herself? 
to oh that's right you're getting to, uh, attacked by a bunch of goblins aren't to, you? to be honest og you roll a perception check because you're most likely going to see the goblins coming out at emma before you're going to hear the fight in the temple gotcha 18 you you definitely see the goblins that are uh coming out at emma but an 18 you would not hear the commotion going on in the temple all right and you said they're about 60 feet away uh yeah so yeah i would uh i would stow my rapier and my shield and i would pull my longbow out i don't know if i can do that and attack at the same time can i uh, let's check. I think it's an action. Well, let's see. Da, 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 da. I mean, I could I could drop everything and just pull my bow out. I think. All right. Yeah, that's so. Dropping. So an it is it is an action to it's called doff a shield. It means to you know stow essentially your shield is an action. It is a free object interaction to stow a weapon. Okay. So in order to get it, I would say, uh, let's see, the easiest way to make this happen is going to be to drop your sword, doff your shield, and object interaction pick up your bow, or like grab your bow. So for next round, you'd be good to go. So, yeah, I would I would do that. I'd, I'd put away my shield, drop the sword, and then pull the bow out. Okay, next is, uh, let's see, uh, oh, Goblin 3, it's me. Uh, Goblin 3 and 4 both are going to move up to attack in melee. No. Goblin 3 is first. Uh, 20. Ooh, 20 does hit. Whoop, whoop. Ooh, for 5. Oh, ow. Oh, you little whippersnapper. See if this next one hits. Uh, the no. next one definitely misses with a six. Okay, uh, those are gob. That's Goblin three and four's turn. Now it's Emma's turn. Emma, I'm about to put the hurt on them. Is going to use her flail. I would believe a twenty-three would hit. A twenty-three is definitely going to hit. Yeah. Goblin number three for nine points of damage. Oh, he dies. Oh, like yeah, he's dead. You squish the. Crap out of him. And, uh, yeah, using my war priest to, uh, bonus action and hit the other goblin that's in melee range. Okay. Uh, another 23. Oh, yeah, you guys are rolling rocks. Dang. Four or five points of damage. Uh, that one also dies, but not as spectacular. All right, well. I and she's gonna glare at the two that were p trying to shoot her with their bow. Rolling rocks and wearing socks. Uh, <laughs> goblin five having just watched you literally smash two goblins to death, is going to, like, yeah! and, like, run to the south. So, uh, away? He is running, he is running, yeah, running away to the south to what appears to be, like, uh, maybe a, a residence, maybe even a farm. It kind of looks like there's a little farm inside the walls of the city. He's kind of running over in that direction. And then next up is Beto. So we go back to the inside of the temple. And we have Beto, who is swinging on that rope. Ring, ding, ring, ding. And he's going to try to attack Rhea, who killed his buddy. 
Um, Rhea didn't kill his buddy. Oh, Rhea tried to intimidate him. He did. Yeah. That's right. She hit him, and you killed the buddy. That's right. My bad. Uh, he's going to attack Rhea, who hit him, and tried to intimidate him. For a 22. Uh, a 22 will hit. It better. If you had told me at level 1 your AC was higher than 22, I would definitely be going over your character sheet with you. My AC is though. I know, 18 is pretty good. Ugh, for three points of damage. All right. All right, and we're back to the top of initiative, which is Pansy. <clears throat> Pansy, seeing that they seem to have these two giggle-fit rope swingers under control, um, she is going to uh, run out of the temple, taking the dodge action. Oh, so you're going to take the dodge action and then move? Yep. Dang it. I was like, ooh, giving me an attack of opportunity, are you? Not this time. I guess you can do that. I guess that's fine. (laughs) Uh, A 10. Nope. That 18 would have looked real nice, though, but uh, here we are. All right, now it's Kelty. Uh, Kelty is going to look over at Rhea, and he's going to do like a little bow and say, Lovely Lioness, do you require aid? You took a blow. I did take a, bl- I did take a blow, but I might be alright for a round or two. Then I shall uh, strike. And uh, he's going to let loose with his rapier first. We'll roll that. 22. Yeah, 22 is going to hit. And he will roll a 9 for his damage. And he lets go of the rope and falls to the ground. Beto has died. Um, Beto Can I Can I utilize this object <laughs> interaction to search uh, Beto? Yeah, yeah. I'm well, search you, you can't search him right now as an action because you just took your action. But you can next round, though. Then, um, I will do a sweeping bow with my rapier, and then sheet it. Back outside, Emma and the two goblins that are trying to shoot her with arrows. That she's glaring at, because... (sighs) I can't hit the broadside of a barn! (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha! Uh... Goblin one. Come in range. Uh, Goblin one attacked with uh, a seven, which is definitely a miss. Goblin two. Oh, hit with oh, an twenty-two. Oh. Twenty-two. Okay. Now we're making progress for four points of damage. Ooh. Ooh. How how you feeling, uh, Emma? Little miss. Not good one. at all. <laughs> good thing. She, good thing she's a half orc. And has her half orc in rage to sustain her. All right, uh, that is Goblin One and Two. It is now Rhea's turn. Seeing that we took care of the little goblin in this tower or bell tower, Rhea is going to leave the temple, and I'm assuming she sees the goblins attacking Emma. Rhea is going to release a guiding bolt at the one that just attacked her. 
Oh no! I rolled a, uh, a I rolled a natural one. A natural one. Oh, uh, good fortune had gosh. to come to an end at some point, I suppose. So, since we're talking about fumbles right now, for all of you listeners, uh, we are offering on our Patreon subscription. If you are a ten dollar tier, which is, I believe, the tavern. Uh, tavern tier uh, subscriber for you guys get to on a monthly basis submit a fan critical and a fan fumble effect for things to happen in this case it's a magical spell that is fumbled you guys get to actually send in and submit things that are going to happen in our campaign you also get a little bit of a shout-out from us, which is pretty awesome. And uh, you guys have say on what happens when our players and monsters roll not only natural 20s, but natural 1s when it comes to attack rolls, whether it's melee, um, ranged, or spell. So if you guys are interested in doing something like that, please check out our Patreon page. Maria, <laughs> you just rolled... That nat one, and you're gonna hit Emma. I need you to roll a d20 plus your spell modifier to see if you hit Emma next week. <laughs> We're gonna see you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna leave it that on a cliffhanger. How about that for you? <laughs> 